are currently tuned in to Seasoned Crime, and I'm your host, Jasmine Nicole. This is the true crime podcast that tells you a story about a minority. Each week, I'll give you a story about someone who classifies in a minority class. You know, the people that had to be amended into the declaration as a protected class in order to be a part of it. Before we get into the story, I want to take some time to speak out about what's happening right now. I am going to start off by saying that today's story is completely different than anything I've ever done before. This past week, myself, along with the rest of the world, mourned the loss of those that were killed in the school shooting that happened here in Texas. To say this was a rough week is putting it mildly. It's like, no matter what I do, these babies just keep coming back into my mind. I'm a mother of a 10-year-old that just finished fourth grade, which is the same exact situation that those babies were in. This man went into a school, and from what I've gathered so far, there was no other reason outside of opportunity. I don't know if the school was his target all along or if that's just where he happened to wreck his car. So it turned into his location. But I mean, either way, he went to a school full of children on a day where the door just happened to be propped open and he barricaded himself in the class of fourth graders and just started shooting. I think about those babies, those teachers, my own baby, his teacher, his classmates. I mean, the kids there who didn't die, but I mean, the, they, they watched their friends get slaughtered. Those surviving children and families who, they will have lifelong trauma for that. There's no amount of therapy that can fix what they witnessed. There's just, I don't know, there's just been so much in my head from this. And then, you know, I get on social media and everything in one way or another is about these kids. And I want to like the post and, you know, heart the post and show that I care you know, a part of me wants it to not go away and to make sure that these kids still get the recognition and still get the love and support. But you guys know how social media works. The more you like something, you know, you like one thing and a thousand other things like it pop up on the newsfeed. So I will be very honest, this, I've had to regroup, especially as of lately. So So if you do follow the show Instagram page, you probably haven't seen much in the past few days. And I would just be honest, I had to take a step back. This is coming on the heels of the shooting of black people at a grocery store and Asian people at a church. And I will admit it was, it was too, this, this set me over the top. This was too much. Mentally, I wasn't okay. And I had to recognize that. There was no way at all that I could have taken the time to research and to look into a story that had anything to do with death or abuse or pain. 
it just wasn't going to happen. So then it was a matter of, do I even do a show this week? And I, I'll be honest, my immediate thought was no. The real world is more than enough to handle right now without me adding any more death and violence and hurt to it. The thing is, though, I plan on taking a week or two off at the end of this month. Um, when That's when I'm going to be moving. And so I didn't want to skip a week now, knowing that I am going to be skipping in a few weeks. But again, I wasn't going to do anything that cost any more of my mental health that has already been taken from me. So then it hit me. Even though the true crime world as we know it has become the murder and the betrayal and the abuse, those aren't the only kind of crimes. The white collar crimes, the ones that are financially motivated, the nonviolent crimes. Those crimes are just as illegal as the violent ones are. I put together a, it's probably going to come out to be a little bit shorter than normal, but I decided to give you a white collar crime today. We're still talking crime, but we're doing so in a way that hopefully is just a little bit easier to digest than the violent crimes this week. Before I even get started, I just want to go back and say, this is a plea to everyone to make sure that you are self-evaluating and taking care of your own mental health. Everything is a lot for everyone right now. So you must be able to say when you're not okay. Your mental health is just as important as your physical health. And it can't go untreated. So for today's highlight, I'm going to tell you about something that you've likely heard of, but I'm sure you probably don't know the extent of it. We've all had those emails or texts or spam DMs that in one way or another are trying to convince you to provide your bank account info and we'll send you a billion dollars or (laughs) you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, I'm about to tell you a little bit more about those because those kind of emails are the basis behind the Nigerian print scam, which is what we're going to talk about today. Not only will I go into detail about what exactly it is, but we're also going to talk about some of the biggest scammers to ever do it. An advanced fee scam is one of the most common forms of fraud. It normally entails promising a victim that they will be rewarded with a large amount of money, and in return, they just have to pay a small upfront payment And that small payment is what's going to be used to get them the large amount. If the victim makes the small amount of the payment that is requested, then normally other small fees or charges will come about to try to continue to get as much money as they can, or the fraudster will just take off and disappear altogether with the money that they did get. One of the most popular advanced fee scams is the Nigerian print scam. That's also known as the 419 scam. The number 419 refers to the section in the Nigerian Criminal Code dealing with fraud and the charges and penalties for those offenders. This scam has been used with traditional mail and fax before, but nowadays it's most commonly used online, most specifically in emails. In the 80s, traditional scamming as we know it started to become popular. 
One way it would happen is a very official looking letter would be sent. And the letter, the writer of the letter would claim that he was the director of the state-owned Nigerian National Petroleum Corporation, and he wanted to transfer $20 million into the letter recipient's bank account. The money was budgeted by the company, but it was never spent. So basically, it was just money that was sitting there. In exchange for the transfer of funds out of Nigeria, the recipient would keep 30% of the total that was being sent. The evolution of the scams have mentioned the Nigerian prince or other members of the royal family are seeking to transfer a large sum of money out of the country, and that's why these scams have come to be known as the Nigerian prince email. Many of the scammers come from a poor background. In Nigeria, the rise in scams was the result of a boom in cyber cafes. The price of oil fell and unemployment started to rise. With a lack of national social security, many Nigerians started looking for alternative forms of employment. So much so that about 90% of business email scams can be traced back to their origin coming out of West Africa. So now that you have a better idea on what the scam is, let's get into some of the players. The Silver Terrier is one of the larger Nigerian cybercrime gangs. This group has been quite successful after targeting about 50,000 people and companies via email. When the FBI raid on the group went down, about 11 people were arrested. So today I'm going to give you a little bit of details about two of them. Let's start off with one of the biggest scammers out there, and that's Raymond Abbas also known as Hush Puppy on Instagram. This 38-year-old Nigerian Instagram celebrity had about 2.4 million followers on the social media site. His Instagram page was filled with pictures showing off his lavish, luxurious lifestyle of private jets, designer clothing, and luxury cars. When asked what he did for a living, he claimed that he used to be a secondhand trader, and now he's a billionaire property developer. In his own words, he once said, quote, I post a few of these things so that someone can see my page and decide not to give up, end quote. On one of the pictures he posted, he had a wad of $100 bills, and he was throwing it up in the air and letting it fall down on him like confetti. He was outliving a life that most people couldn't even dream of. He lived in Dubai and he stayed at the extremely exclusive Palazzo Versace apartments. One of the final pictures Raymond posted was a picture of him in his new black Rolls Royce Wraith with the caption, Thank you, Lord, for the many blessings in life. Continue to shame those wanting for me to be shamed. Two weeks later, the FBI would show up and raid Raymond's place, arresting him. Using Instagram to track his location, the FBI and Interpol raided Raymond's place as he slept. Their international operation was called Fox Hunt 2, and these were the people that were involved in a $431 million cyber scam. 
During the raid, they seized more than $37 million in cash, 13 luxury cars that were worth about $6.8 million, 21 computers, and 47 smartphones. Among those computers that were found, police uncovered the email address of nearly 2 million victims. They were able to get records from Raymond's Google, Apple iCloud, Instagram, and Snapchat accounts, and from those accounts, they were able to produce banking information, passports, communication with conspirators, and records of wire transfers. Dubai police Jamal Al-Jalif said, quote, The suspects targeted victims overseas by creating fake websites for well-known companies and banks in a bid to steal victims' credit card information, then launder the stolen money. End quote. The scams were found to be happening internationally in other countries such as Europe, America, and, of course, Nigeria. On one of the cases, a foreign financial institution allegedly lost $14.7 million in a cyber heist, and that money ended up in Raymond's bank accounts across multiple countries. Another case was a scheme to steal $124 million from an unnamed English Premier League team. To make things even harder to track, the cash trail just disappeared, so nothing could be traced back to him. His accomplices, who were called the money mules, would convert the money into Bitcoin, which is completely untraceable. In 2021, Raymond pled guilty to money fraud. Another member of the Silverteria group that got caught up in the FBI raid was Olekalon Jacob Pony. The 29-year-old went by Mr. Woodbury on Instagram. The day after his 29th birthday, he posted a picture on Instagram of him standing next to his newly purchased Lamborghini. It was bright yellow to be exact. One of his pictures captions was, stop letting people make you feel guilty for the wealth that you've acquired. He was accused of defrauding a Chicago-based company into sending wire transfers that totaled $15.2 million. The Silver Terrier group had about a dozen members that were caught up in these high-dollar schemes. One of the suspects in the group was found to be monitoring around 16 different companies and their clients in order to divert legal transactions just as they were about to be made. After their arrest, both Raymond and Olakalan were extradited back to the United States and they were charged in Chicago with conspiracy to commit wire fraud and laundering hundreds of millions of dollars from their cyber crimes. The FBI Senior Director of Threat Research, Crane Hasselin, spoke out about this, saying, quote, The scammer would gather contextual details as they watched the legitimate email flow. The bad actor would redirect emails to the bad actor's email account, craft emails to the customer that looked like they were coming from the vendor, indications that the vendor had a new bank account, provide updated bank account information, and the money would be great at that point. 
According to the FBI, cyber crimes are the costliest kinds of fraud to Americans. In 2020 alone, losses were about $1.8 billion. Globally, these losses were close to $5 billion between 2018 and 2020. The numbers are wild. I personally have no idea how they got so much money out of people and businesses, but I've seen some of those scam emails and I will admit they can be real convincing. And that's what I got for y'all today. I know it lacks the normal aspects of our normal cases, but I, I didn't want to leave you all with nothing. But again, I couldn't give you what we were used to doing. I think it was good for all of us to get a much needed break. I'm not going to hold you long today, but just as I mentioned before, please, please, please take care of yourself. Also, recognize that right now, everyone, literally everyone is going through something. Whether you can see it visually or not, life as we know it is on edge for all of us. I would say what I normally say at the end of every episode and wish you all a good week, but I, I don't know if I can say that and mean it. This week, many of the funerals for those that were killed in the massacre are happening, so I'm sure social media will be full of reminders um, and condolences to those that we lost. And so all I can really ask for everyone is to just get through the week one day at a time. Our thoughts and prayers are with every single person who were involved in that massacre, everyone who lost someone, everyone who knew someone who that was lost, um, those who had to witness it, those who had to hear it, those who live in the cities and, you know, know someone who went to that school or went to that school. I mean, again, the reach that this is having on everyone is overwhelming. And so our prayers and our thoughts are with all that are involved. Next week, I will be back and hopefully I'll be able to give you a true crime story about a minority that is more along the lines of what you guys can expect from us here. Thank you all for hanging out with me today. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Seasoned Crime. Today's episode was researched, edited, and recorded by your host, Jasmine Nicole.